Hi, Lloyd the CEO here. Have you ever wanted to ask the more superior, smarter, and arguably sexier Knowlton brother a question? Well, a few of you anchors got the chance to last week. You lucky people. I'm answering such questions as, what is it like working with your brother and how is he holding you back? And if you were to start a new business today with the number one objective to make money, and it couldn't be a video and social media marketing agency, what would it be and why? Oh, this one was a bit cheeky. What can I do to stop badgers eating my sweet corn and carrots? This is the last solo episode from me and I need to sit down because my back is hurting from carrying this podcast. Don't worry, normal service resumes next week. But for now, you're listening to episode 105 of the Business Anchors podcast. We're just a couple of business anchors. Welcome to the Business Anchors podcast. This jingle is slightly too long. This jingle is slightly too long. Welcome to the second and final Lloyd solo episode of the Business Anchors podcast. I won't be doing another one of these until Dan has another baby. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen. So um, Dan will be back next week, fresh from paternity leave. He'll probably look absolutely shattered, but um, he'll be back with you next week. This week, I have got questions from you Business Anchors listeners. Um, and I'm going to be answering as many as I can. I put out a post um, to the listeners saying, can you ask me stuff so I can answer because I've got to do another solo episode. And you actually have asked loads of questions. I've got loads written down here. And um, yeah, so I'm going to get through them. The first question is from Real Phil Slatter. Um, and he says, you often, you often talk about milking the top 10%. So you attract the kind of projects that are bigger and better than the previous. But as the business has grown and projects have got bigger, how has your work stack evolved? Do you still take on the smaller, less sexy jobs you once did? Or are you more selective? And why? Um, so firstly, those that haven't heard us talk about milking the top 10%, it's a bit of a weird uh, business anchors phrase we use. But um, it's basically using the best 10% of your work as your kind of marketing stuff. Um, to attract more of the best work. A lot of people do really well at marketing, but they use um, their whole range of work that they do. So they kind of do a job that pays hardly anything or that isn't as creative as they want or not as enjoyable as they want. Um, and they throw it out to the world and be like, look what I've done. And of course, what that does is it attracts more of that level of work. Whereas we say milk that top 10%. So if you're working on a client that pays you double, or you're working on a client and that project, you know, your team absolutely loves working on it. It's really enjoyable. Um, just talk about that stuff. So you attract more of that stuff. Um, so Phil, thank you for your question. I'm kind of asking like, do we still take on those less sexy jobs and that kind of thing? Um, we're, we're always aiming to do the sexiest jobs and the, the jobs that pay the best. You can be most creative with, have the best budgets, um, kind of make our team enjoy the work as much as possible um but the reality is i think every business has peaks and troughs and every business has times when they're busy and less busy and i want to be really clear that even though we've grown quite a lot and we're managing to do some really creative projects if uh if there's a less sexy job that kind of pays the bills for a week um and we've got a week free then we'll definitely take that on um you know we definitely would value doing any work that that pays our team's wages rather than not doing that and then 
um, you know, jobs being less stable and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we definitely take on the less sexy work, but we have a nice variety. Um, and I, I would I will always want to take on that work. It's always good to have those smaller projects that fill those gaps. Um, and it's always good to learn from a variety of different types of things. So, yeah, that's what we do. Next question is from Ed Pernell. What is it like working with your brother and how is he holding you back? Um, so it's uh, it's absolutely brilliant working with my brother. Um, I'll, I'll be nice about him because he's not here. I wouldn't say it to his face. Um, but I think we're really lucky that we have something unique running a business. And I think even business partners that are friends or kind of colleagues or acquaintances don't have this. And that's that we have a hundred percent trust that uh no matter what happens to the to the other one um we will support each other so i know if i if i have a freak gardening accident whilst growing my cucumbers tomorrow and both my legs get chopped off i have a hundred percent faith that dan will work his ass off to make this business success while i'm not here and support and do his best to support me and my family and the other way around if dan you know, if his hair t-shirt addiction gets out of hand and he needs more money and he's like, I'll spend it all on t-shirts again, Lloyd. He knows that I'll work my ass off to feed that addiction and make sure him and his family are okay. So, yeah, that's why I love working with Dan and working with my brother. It's really unique that you can have a business partner that you know is 100% as committed to your happiness and your success uh, as you are. And that's really special how he holds me back uh he definitely holds me back uh we hold each other back so i would say dan holds me back from being as creative as i could be he holds me back from new weird ideas um and i hold him back by not working as hard as he does um but i think the reality is both of those things are good things so we we actually like rein each other in so like i was saying he reins me in from crazy ideas that probably would end up being a distraction um and i rein him in from working crazy hours um because he's very motivated and sometimes he gets into that kind of mindset so we hold each other back but overall it's a good thing thank you ed um speak of the devil dan Knowlton said if you were to start a new business today with the number one objective to make money and it couldn't be a video and social media marketing agency what would it be and why well hi dan I hope you're listening because you're not here. Um, so I'll be offended if you're not listening. Do you know what? I was thinking about this. And if the objective was purely to make money, I would genuinely start a recruitment agency. Um, and there's a few reasons for this. So one, they already make shit loads of money, the recruitment agencies. That's that's kind of, they work hard and make loads of money. So if that's the objective, you know, that's an industry I'm going in into. But I think the job market over the next 10 to 20 years it's already moving this way, but there's less and less unskilled jobs because of automation and that kind of thing. And the skilled jobs, um, it's getting even more important to get the best people in certain positions. And the skilled jobs are actually becoming like even more skilled and niche. Um, so I think recruitment agencies are going to earn even more in the future. And the money's going to be crazy because finding that extremely skilled person that's going to do the best job is going to be really, really valuable for business. And those less skilled jobs just aren't going to exist anymore. So I'd probably do that. And and also I think because I've got the skills of, hopefully <laughs> I've got some skills of managing people. And I think that's what's needed in recruitment. You're kind of selling your people's time, basically. Um, that's your product. So I think it'd be all right. 
Um, P.S. I would absolutely hate to run a recruitment agency and I'm never going to do it. But if, uh, if I had to make more money, that's what I would do. Um, right. This is more like it. This is, this is good. I'd love to. Uh, so sorry, Sarah Cardwell. I'd love to know more about the growing of veg for the team event in 2023. I think it's such a great idea for so many reasons. Sustainability, well-being, fun, our planet. I think it's fab. How do you encourage other businesses to start making an impact? So firstly, for those of you who are wondering, wondering what Sarah is talking about, we're, we've just started composting our food scraps and our coffee grounds here. And uh, that compost is going to go on the veg garden, which is then going to feed our team for a summer barbecue in 2023. So it's like it's got a whole sustainable life cycle. Um, yeah, very exciting if you like gardening or sustainability and boring as shit if you don't. Um, but regarding the question of how would you encourage other businesses to start making an impact? I actually, there were about 10 people asking me this kind of thing. So thank you guys. There are other people other than Sarah. Thank you very much. Um, but the kind of small, we're doing some big things, but I would encourage any business that wants to start or a small business that wants to start to start with some really small things. So we are positive impact crew uh, that we have at work. We had a meeting and we basically set actions uh, to take small steps. And some of the things we're doing are such simple actions that will have a good long-term effect. So I think people think it needs to be more complicated than it is, but as an example of some of the actions that have come out that our team um, kind of been shared between our team, one of them was buy a timer for the drinks fridge. So basically the drinks fridge won't be on at the weekend and at night. Um, and that will take someone about five minutes to find, find a timer and then plug it in. Um, one of the actions was turn the aircon off occasionally and open the windows. Um, another one was buy a thing that a hand towel can go on uh, a reusable washable hand towel so we stop using paper towels so i guess my my overall answer would be like don't worry about over complicating things get anyone in a, in the room from your business that gives a shit about this stuff and just start planning some really simple things that will have a positive impact on the planet thank you sarah um moby has asked super serious question who would win this fight? One Dan Knowlton versus 10 tiny Lloyd Knowltons. Um, I reckon 10 tiny Lloyd Knowlton. I'm backing myself here. Um, I just think surely like 10. I, I could distract him with a couple like on his arms and his face and stuff. And I could just have one of them just like punching him in his, you know, in his area. You could just, you could really get tactical. Like one on his other side and, you know, twisting his nipples and yeah. It would just, I'd, I'd get creative with it and I could definitely win. Um, yeah, backing myself there. Um, now, Ollie Holt says, can I be greedy and ask two, please? Uh, nope. Right on to the next question. <laughs> only, only joking, Ollie. Um, yes, you can ask two. Uh, how do you come up with your creative ideas? Is there any kind of process for or inspiration? Um, does it depend on topic, situation, etc.? Um and it's oh, his second question is about sustainability, the same one as before. So I'll focus on that one. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a process that kind of gets us to having the best ideas. Um, we, I think a lot of people just think with creativity, you just need the talent. So get creative people in a room and it will just happen. And what we found is actually 
starting we, we we need to improve and we're on a journey but we're improving our process of kind of getting those creative ideas out so to kind of simplify the process that we use we um firstly we get a load of us in the room we talk through like the important things like who's the target market so who do we need to relate to this piece of content that we're creating what are the objectives of the these videos um what are the budgets and that kind of thing um and then we have a group discussion where we kind of throw ideas at the wall and we probably write some stuff on a whiteboard and just kind of throw ideas out there get our creative juices flowing um but something that we found really useful beyond that then we take a period of time where we all leave the room and we independently um go away and kind of look for in outside inspiration and write down our own ideas independently um and i always say that you get to the best results by looking for inspiration outside of your industry. So if we're making an ad for an insurance company, we're not looking at insurance ads. We're looking at the best comedy sketches in the world. We're, we're looking at um, the best films in the world and getting inspirations from those things and, the, and then coming back together. So that time independently is really important. And then we come back, we kind of talk through all of these uh, ideas and inspiration and we basically take it in turns to present our ideas and we're completely you need to have a very uh trusting and open environment with your culture because basically we all need to be prepared for people to be kind of like (laughs) oh yeah that's a that's a bit rubbish that one and and that's completely fine that's part of the process so we put loads of ideas out there there's probably going to be about 30 different ideas from the team and we'll have five or six really good ones um and then we have a whole process of how we kind of vote as a team uh, to get to the best ideas. So we all write down firstly, like our top three ideas from the team and we kind of eliminate that any that haven't got any votes and we gradually discuss it and get down to like the ultimate creative idea. So I have simplified that process, but um, yeah, that's part of the process that we use. It takes basically takes a lot of time, effort and processes to get to the best creative stuff I've found, but we're still working on it uh dion moorish what a name dion moorish um says who'd win in a fight dame judy dench or mary berry um i'm gonna say dame judy dench because i know mary berry i think well her hands are a bit um she's she's got like arthritis and stuff i don't think she's gonna be punching I think she looks she looks more frail. I I guess what I'm saying is Dame Judy Dench, I think she's got some fight in her. I think she'd I also saw a birthday card once. I think I received one. What did it say? Dame Dame Judy Hench or something like that. She's got big muscles. That might might, might have swayed me. Um but yeah, basically Mary Berry hasn't got a chance. Sorry. Great cakes. Terrible fighting skills. Um next one is from Sarah Knowlton. Lloyd, can you please clean up after yourself? You're a disgrace. There are skids. Oh no, sorry, that's a that's a private message there. Actually, sorry, that that's uh, that's for my wife. Uh, we'll skip skip over that one. Sorry. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Um, next one is Liz Hamlet. Um, what's been your one biggest learning since you launched Knowlton? Oh, the, uh, this is a really good question, Liz. And I think the honest answer is. There are so many, so I can't there's I can't work out what the biggest one is. But one that I've really been thinking about recently, 
and I, I've been kind of mulling it over and I feel like it's something really big. Maybe you'll disagree. Um, but the best ideas and the best work quite often comes from the quietest person in the room. And I think, that, I guess the, the reason I've been thinking about this is um, I'm, I'm seeing opportunities now where we've hired people that have been less confident or less experienced and have been open about that. And uh, now working with them over a long period of time, I'm kind of like, I know that they're absolutely brilliant. And I'm kind of thinking a lot of people wouldn't have given them that opportunity or hired them because they're not overconfident and they're not talking really confidently about being the best person ever. Um, and I think a lot of businesses are missing out on some brilliant people because of that. Um, basically, I think there's zero correlation between confidence and kind of loudness um, and willingness to speak up and actual kind of skill level and quality in in how people can work. Um, and I think in business, we make a, a lot of business owners, and I have in the past, make the big mistake of if someone appears confident or is a louder person, we listen to them more and value their thoughts and ideas more. And my experience is telling me more and more to listen to the the quiet person in the room and give the quieter, less confident people the time and encouragement needed to feel that they can speak up more and come forward with their ideas. Because in my experience, they're normally the best. Um, yeah, I, I love working with people that are kind of maybe haven't been given the opportunity yet and are less confident and then seeing those amazing skills come out and their confidence grow over time. And I think as business owners, a lot of us make the mistake of interviewing people and hiring someone because they're really confident and tell us that they're brilliant. And actually, I suppose there's a skill in in confidence and pretending you you know your stuff. Um, and it often often isn't the case. That was weird and a bit rambly, but something I've been thinking about a lot. So I love those types of people that are quieter, but brilliant at their job and great ideas. Um, Mark Telford says, what can I do to stop badgers eating my sweet corn and carrots? That's a real question. No smutty innuendo here. Mark, I didn't think that was an innuendo. I don't know what you're talking about there. Um, right. You're going to think I've made this up, Mark, but I genuinely haven't. I did some research to keep badgers away from your veg. One of the genuine things that works apparently is spreading male urine. Uh, because they think that it's another male's territory and they go away. So, Mark, we somewhere near your veg patch, not on it, because that'll be uh, not coming around your house for dinner. We somewhere near your veg patch. Um, also, badgers, um, chilies irritate badgers' noses. So spread some chilies around. Um, but definitely don't do those at the same time. I'd say if you're handling chilies, don't also go for a wee, because that's only going to end in tears, Mark. Um but yeah, choose one or the other. Uh, thank you, Mark. Enjoy that. Tell me, tell me how you get on. Um, Mubina Kadiri says, what did you do initially to provide you with consistent leads? Um, we didn't, if I'm honest. Like early, early in the business, we didn't have consistent leads. And I think that's probably why you're asking, Mubina. Um, it's a real challenge, especially when you're starting out in business and through our whole growth journey, it's been a challenge. But consistent leads is a real big challenge of growing a business and running a business. Um, 
I would say if there's something I can hopefully help with that most of our actions over the the time since we started Knowlton, um, our actions have been trying to create consistent leads in the long term rather than the short term. And I think that's majorly helped. So investing time in our brand and investing time in consistently putting out content over years and years, growing our reputation, growing our audience online. And that's now allowed us to get to a point where when we put a new piece of content out, we will always get one or two leads from that video or from whatever piece of content that is. Um, so I guess, yeah, we're at that point now, but it, it's taken years to get there. Um, but I think what has helped us and saved us is constantly focusing on what is going to get you to that point in the long term rather than short term hacks of, you know, how can I sell today? And I know that's that's a constant challenge because also you need to make money and sell today. But, but yeah, long term mindset is is definitely something that's helped us. Uh, Paul says, when will everythingbranded.co.uk's superbly thought out idea be ready for millions of people to experience the love that keeps giving from none other than everyone's best friend, Timothy Tissues? Um, Paul said, we're working with Everything Branded um, and we've been shooting it and it's currently being edited, that stuff. So depending on when this goes out, Paul, it could be out now. Or, you know, in the next couple of weeks. So Business Anchors listeners, keep your eyes out for that new Knowlton work for everything branded. Um, Sarah Stiffin says, your pet peeves that you see branded around about growing a business or how to get rid of black fly from runner beans. Uh, I won't do the gardening one. I think you've had enough gardening stuff. Um, And Mark's already weighing on his badges. Um, Pet peeves, I would say people giving out advice that only helps in the short term. I think there's loads of that in the online business community of how to sell this today or how to make this money today. And most of it, you damage your long-term prospects of, of actually growing a business and doing well in the long term. Um, oh, also, okay, no, this is definitely my pet peeve. People giving advice just about increasing your prices and, and thinking that that's enough. Again, that's like a short-term thing. People are like, no, know your worth. Improve your, increase your pricing, charge more. And then it's like, right, now I'm charging double and I'm still just as shit at my job, so no one's buying it. Um, That's harsh, sorry. Obviously not everyone's shit at their job, but um, I think the focus should be much more on, on improving your skills so that you can charge more or improving the value add in your business so that you can charge more. There's gurus kind of saying, right, double your price or, or or times it by five or 10 and get these high value customers. And the reality is they're letting you down because most of the time you, you increase your prices by double and then you won't win the business that you would have and don't have the opportunity to improve the skills and in the long term earn more. So yeah, a bit ranty there. Sorry, Sarah, but that, that definitely is uh, a pet peeve of mine. Go to motivational song. Oh, this was from someone on Instagram. I haven't got your name. Sorry, Instagram user. Um, James Brown, I feel good. Um, I think it's impossible to not feel good if you're singing along, kind of saying I feel good. It it works for me anyway. Um, Yep, like that. Um, How long does it take you to concept up some of your scripts? How long does it take you to go? How do you do it? They're always so on the money. Is it just like muscle memory? Um, 
well, so that's from another anonymous Instagram user. Sorry, lovely Instagram user. I spoke a lot earlier about the process, so I won't go into that. But thinking about how long it takes, it genuinely takes a lot of time and brain power to get to the point and ensure that they are on the money. It's not kind of just a, oh, we've got a talent here and a massive person with a big brain. I know that's what you're thinking. That's me. Um, that's not what happens. It's actually just putting the time and the thought and the effort into making sure everything's perfect. So there are small details that can really transform a project and make it perform amazingly better than it would have done. And we just put the time into making sure that we work out those smaller details and find out what they are. Um, so for an example, uh, a client we worked with recently, Design Cloud, um, working with them again. And there were small things like someone watched Fleabag, which is a great TV show if you haven't seen it, and sort of said, oh, it'd be amazing if uh, our character could turn to camera and say these lines. That would be a really good part of it. And it's like, yeah, that made, you know, that made the whole video 5% better. And then someone said, oh, we should make the uh, the main character really competent so it can be relatable to competent decision makers. Because um, before we were taking the mickey out of a more incompetent character. And again, so that makes it 10% better and people relate to it more. Um, and then someone said, you know, the leader should be female because female leaders are really underrepresented in these sort of videos on LinkedIn. And again, that makes the video 10% better. So all of these small things that we take the effort to find um, have a massive effect. And that's why people like you, thank you very much, say, you know, how are your ideas and your videos so on the money? It's because we've put the time and effort to really focus on those small things that make a big difference. Um, cool. Uh, I th is that the last? I think that's actually my last question there. So um, is, actually, we've got lots more questions that we could do another episode with, but I'm going to finish up on that one. Thank you, everyone, for sending in questions. We actually had, um, yeah. A lot of questions, but a lot of them crossed over. So if I didn't answer yours, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We might even do another episode. Who knows? Let us know if you want it. But Dan will be back next week. Um, and so if you if you absolutely hated the last two episodes, don't worry. Dan is back next week and he'll make it good. Um, thank you for listening to the Business Anchors podcast sponsored by Adobe Express. And Lloyd and Dan Knowlton will see you in your ears next week.